This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello, Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Can a single image make a difference? I speak to the winner of the World Press Photo of the Year, veteran photojournalist John Moore, whose image of a toddler crying as her mother is searched by US Border Patrol agents, went viral and spurred vital conversations about the fate of undocumented immigrants in the United States. John Moore tells his story and the stories behind some of his most powerful images next, right here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. One of the most compelling exhibitions at the Exposure International Photography Festival belongs to multi-award winning photojournalist John Moore. As a senior staff photographer and special correspondent for Getty Images, John has photographed in 65 countries on six continents and was posted internationally for 17 years, first to Nicaragua, then India, South Africa, Mexico, Egypt and Pakistan. Since returning to the US in 2008, he has since focused on immigration and border issues. John has won top awards throughout his career, including the 2005 Pulitzer Prize for Breaking News Photography, World Press Photo of the Year four times, the John Faber Award and the Robert Kappa Gold Medal from the Overseas Press Club and Photographer of the Year from Pictures of the Year International, amongst many others. His 2019 World Press Photo of the Year is one that is seared in the consciousness of people all over the world thanks to social media. The photo of two-year-old Yanella standing on the ground crying in distress as her mother is searched at the US-Mexico border gave a human face to the struggles of undocumented immigrants fleeing a desperate situation. I asked John about this photo and about what he hoped to achieve through his work. John Moore, what an absolute pleasure it is to have you here with us at the Exposure International Photography Festival in Sharjah. It's great to be here. It's a, an exceptional festival, both in its size and its, uh, its attention to detail. It was really worth coming halfway around the world for me. You are somebody who is um, a, a highly awarded, highly respected uh, photojournalist. You know, what you talk about are some of the most important issues of our day. You talk about, uh, particularly in your latest book, Undocumented. You know, those who have really just been all over the news lately and, and, and yet we don't seem to have any real solutions in sight for them. And those are the immigrants who come undocumented illegally into the United States. Talk to us about why this is such an important issue for you. I had worked earlier in my career in Latin America, both in Central America and in Mexico for years. I'd lived in those countries. And so I had seen border issues, immigration issues, from, you could say, the other side of the border, and the other side of several borders. And so when I moved back to the U.S. 10 years ago, after living abroad for most of my career, I saw from a different perspective. Yes, of course I'm, I'm an American. Of course I have a U.S. perspective, but I'd lived ab- abroad. So I, I think that gave me a different uh, take on the, on the story. 
How did that change your perspective on it? You know, you saw uh, parts of the world that the American people, ordinary American people hadn't. And um, so how did that change how you saw that situation? I hope that having worked in Latin America and seen the reasons why people, desperate people, leave their homes for an uncertain future, I hope that that sort of influenced the way I saw things. And hopefully in a more humanizing way. And what I've tried to do over my 10 years of coverage on this issue for Getty Images is to humanize a story which is often re uh, related to in terms of statistics in the media. Because everyone who makes these difficult journeys is a human being with a different story. Some people deserve to seek political asylum in the U.S. and some do not. But I think that immigration judges should see individual cases and decide them on their merits and not treat everyone the same because everyone is different. It feels like, you know, within the whole social media debate, it feels like, you know, all undocumented immigrants have been lumped into one group. And, and yet you're talking about, you know, particularly in your photos, you tell those individual stories. Talk to us about some of those stories that you have documented, that you've seen, that you think are so vital for us to understand. I photographed many people seeking political asylum in the last couple years, especially in the last year. The numbers have been very high. This last summer, I photographed families coming across the river from Mexico into the U.S., coming across on rafts. and scrambling up the U.S. side, basically clawing their way through the thick forest along the river and trying to reach Border Patrol agents so they could ask for political asylum. And, you know, for many people, it's not the end of their journey. It's in some ways just another stop on the journey. But because to get legal political asylum in the U.S. is a difficult process and it's time consuming and it's by no means certain. Let's talk about some, you know, more specific stories. For example, the Honduran asylum seeker and her child. That photo went viral. I remember seeing that photo on social media, being shocked by it, but perhaps we shouldn't be shocked. So talk to us about that particular image. Well, I, I had been photographing emotional scenes on the U.S.-Mexico border for years, um, but this was a little bit different. The U.S. government had just implemented a new policy on the, on the border called zero tolerance. And that sort of uh, harsh new policy um, was designed as a deterrence for immigrants coming up. And at the time, it was still an abstract policy to the public. And in some ways, this photograph put a human face to an abstract story. And I photographed uh, Yanella, who's the little girl, and her mother, Sandra, as they came across the border, the border police asked her to set her daughter on the ground. And in that moment, uh, Yanella started crying. And as a father myself, uh, it was emotional for me to take the picture. Um, did I know that anything bad would happen to them, that they would be separated or not? I didn't know that. There's no way for me to have known that at the time. But I knew that it was a possibility because it happened to thousands of other families. Ultimately, they were in detention centers for three weeks before being released. And the mother, Sandra, is still seeking political asylum in the U.S. And she has a court case this fall um, and finally has a hearing uh, uh, where a judge will hear her case. Uh, asylum cases are not easy. Most of them are ultimately unsuccessful, and I wish the best for her. That's a year and a half after you, in fact, took the photo and she is still in the process. 
It's a very long and frustrating process for immigrants seeking asylum in the U.S. Uh, the, the system is not designed for them necessarily to succeed. Oftentimes, immigrants come with little or no evidence to support their cases, and and that makes their cases very difficult to prove in the U.S. immigration system, and and it's it's a um, it's it's tough for these families. It really is. Coming up next, John tells me the story behind one of his most incredible photos. You need to hear this one. That's next on Life Beats on Pulse ninety five. This is Pulse ninety five. Life Beats with Sally Musa only. On Pulse95. Welcome back to Life Beats on Pulse95 and my interview with photojournalist John Moore. Every one of John's photos has a profound story to tell. But can photos really make a difference? There's another photo here that we see where, in fact, there are two people holding hands with handcuffs as well. Can you talk to us about that? I had been photographing U.S. Border Patrol as they enforced U.S. laws on the border, on the Texas-Mexico border, one summer. And they chased this couple, as part of a group of people, through the forest with dogs, with helicopters overhead, and with agents sweating and running behind them as they tried to capture these people. Finally, they found them huddled under branches in a thick forest, covered in dirt. And they pulled these folks out and everyone was exhausted. Um, The people, you can't see their faces in this picture, but they looked really defeated. And in this moment that I could not have expected, the woman who was handcuffed to this man started gently caressing his fingers with with her thumb. And it was just this moment of comfort And since I took this picture, I've wondered myself if these people came together from and from which country. Um, What was their story? Why did they leave and where were they going? Um, Did they come together at all on this journey or had they only met while fleeing these barking dogs? Sometimes my pictures answer questions and sometimes they leave me with questions. And, And this picture has always left me with some. This is um, not easy work. This is, uh, I'm emotional just to seeing these photographs. Talk to me about your process. How, how do you go through this? Well, for me, it's important that I know that photography matters and photojournalism matters, that it makes a difference in the world. Does it make a difference every single day? Um, maybe sometimes not as much as I'd like. Every day I go out to take pictures and I want to make positive change with those photographs. But it doesn't always happen. But once in a while, sometimes even when you least expect it, you'll take a picture that will touch people's hearts and it will change the world in some small way. And that doesn't happen every day in one's career, but once in a while it does. Talk to me about one of those photos that you've taken where you felt like this has made a difference. Well, certainly the photograph of uh, young Yanella crying there as her mother was being searched that photograph did make a difference. At the time, uh, the U.S. policy on the border, the new uh, Trump uh, immigration policy was new, and the public didn't know what it looked like. And this picture put a face to an, uh, an abstract story. And the public very much turned against the president's new immigration policy, in part um, because of this picture. 
Did this photograph change U.S. policy? I can't say that um, because I, I, I don't know what goes through the president's mind. But I can say that it affected the public. And when our photographs add to the discussion, when they cause debate, when they make people think, then that makes a difference on its own. And uh, knowing that keeps me very interested in this profession so many years after I started. Stirring the consciousness is something that is very important, hopefully leading to action as well. As a photographer, when you take a photo, what makes for that unforgettable photo to you? Well, an unforgettable photograph, an iconic photograph, is one that goes far beyond just light and composition. Yes, the aesthetic properties of the photograph are always going to be, to be important. But for me, the beauty or the strength of the photograph is not just in what you see, but what it makes you feel. And a photograph is beautiful if it's well composed, if it's well lit, if it can draw you in, and then if the content of that picture makes you feel, then you'll have a connection with that story. And people who can connect to a picture will become interested in the story and spend a little more time with the story. Because we're bombarded with images every single day, thousands of them. People swipe past them on their phones very quickly. But if you get people's attention and if they see your photo and they feel, then maybe they'll spend a little more time with it. And maybe they'll take the time to read about it and learn about the story. You refer there, obviously, to social media. Talk to me about the impact that you think it has had on how we see, on photography, the impact of social media, because we're just inundated with images now. Does it dilute what you're doing or does it strengthen it? I think that social media allows the reach of a photograph to be much wider. A photograph that may have se been seen only regionally or locally before, or even nationally, now has a global audience within seconds after, after I send it out on social media. And so the impact of a photograph can be much wider. But with social media comes greater responsibility as well. We have to make sure that we get the picture right, that the photograph is accurate, and the caption information is accurate as well. Because once a photograph goes into the internet, into cyberspace, it can take on a life of its own. And so as photojournalists, we have to be especially careful to get it right in the first place. Because when we're inaccurate, uh, it can come back to haunt us. And, uh, and so I take a special uh, care with my pictures to make sure I get it right the first time. Coming up, John shares his advice for aspiring photojournalists. The heart of Shaja. This is Pulse 95. Live Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. It's Live Beats, and I'm in conversation with multi award winning photojournalist John Moore. And here he shares his advice on capturing the moment. Plus, we talk his book, Undocumented. As a photojournalist, you have to know how to act quickly and get that perfect shot quickly. So how do you do that? You've practiced this for years, but what would be your advice to those who are aspiring photojournalists and photographers who want to be able to capture images like that? Well, I think for any photojournalist, whether it's a young photojournalist or someone who's been in the profession for a while, uh, the key is, yes, to be curious about what you, we see around us, but to really pay attention. Because just like 
your average person, we can walk through the world and not see what we're passing. Sometimes we become too focused on a specific goal or a specific picture. It's important to keep watching what's happening around us. Sometimes the photograph that we imagine is the most important is really not the most important picture. Sometimes things are happening right next to you and you don't even see them unless you really pay attention. And so I think it's important to be in the moment. And if you're in the moment, if you're paying attention to what's happening all around you, you'll find pictures every single day. Okay, so talk to us about your book, Undocumented, why you decided to put this together. Getty Images and Powerhouse Books last year, 2018, we put out a book of 10 years of my work covering undocumented immigration to the United States. The book is called Undocumented, Immigration and the Militarization of the U.S.-Mexico Border. And in this book, I try to show really what's been happening over a long period of time and how things have changed over time. Uh, immigration patterns have changed to the U.S. When I first started this project, it was mostly men crossing the border to seek employment in the U.S. Now, the majority of people coming across are families seeking political asylum in the United States. And so they're not coming actually illegally. They're crossing the border illegally because to ask for asylum is a legal process. The U.S. government has changed its laws, or rather changed its policies in the last year to try and stop people from coming across. And it's hard to say whether those policies have been successful or not. The numbers of people coming across has dipped in recent months, and the U.S. government will say that that's a result of its new policies. However, the numbers always do drop in the summer because of the heat. And so it's going to be a while before we know if the Trump policies have, uh, have slowed immigration or not. It's still unclear. I'd love to get your opinion on the, the, the current administration. What's, what you've seen going on? Well, the U.S. government policies right now do not have the pretense of being kind. Mm. They have an objective and uh, they don't care about the way they look. Of course, I have my personal opinions. Uh, everyone has opinions. But what I try to do in my news coverage is present what I see before me and let the public decide. There are so many pundits on TV who will talk all day long about their opinions on U.S. government policy. For me, it's important to show what's happening and let the reader decide. Do I have my opinions? You bet I do. I hold those opinions to myself and try to let my pictures do the talking. A very diplomatic opinion there. Coming up next, uh, John talks about the ethical dilemmas around photojournalism. You're listening to Pulse 95. Keeping it local, all day, every day. Live Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Welcome back to Live Beats and my interview with World Press Photo of the Year winner, John Moore at Exposure 2019. When you cover such sensitive topics like um, refugees, people who have been through trauma, there is that kind of uh, ethical dilemma for a photojournalist. Do I take this photo? Do I not? Is it crossing a line? Is it not? In terms of you know, showing somebody suffering, sometimes you think, well, the public needs to see this, but then is it going to harm that person? I try to communicate with people 
before I take their picture. And that's not always possible, but usually, usually I'm either talking to people or having some communication before, before I start taking pictures. I want people to feel that they're participating in my coverage of an important story. And when I go to groups and I want to get access to situations, I don't say that what you're doing is great, I love what you're doing. What I say is that what you're doing is important. And I want to photograph this, this important situation happening. And, you know, I think people respond to that. If, if, if they believe that I believe that their story matters, then they'll open their doors to me often in situations which are very difficult for them. Sometimes I'm with people on the rough, roughest day of their life. And if I treat them with respect, um, they will often allow me into their lives and give me a chance to tell their story visually. And uh, I'm always grateful for that. Can you give us like any situation where you have been with somebody on the toughest day of their life and and you've been able to capture something that they actually wanted to put out there but it was hard for them? I think for many people, especially in humanitarian disaster situations, they realize that if the international community knows more about what's happening, then maybe there'll be a better response. When I photographed uh, the Ebola crisis uh, a couple years ago in West Africa, in Liberia, I was photographing people in very desperate straits with a disease that is incurable and oftentimes usually fatal. But people allowed me to be there because people know that if suffering happens in total silence and in total darkness, that no help is on the way. And by getting their story out and by trying to tell that story visually in a way that gives dignity to people, uh, people will allow you access to them even, uh, even in the tough times. I want to ask you, you're somebody who inspires a lot of people, but who inspires you? I'm inspired really by many of the photojournalists, especially young photojournalists, who are getting into this business, uh, even though the business is tough, even though photojournalism has fewer outlets than it once did. I'm inspired by people who get into this profession because of passion, because they want to tell stories with pictures. It's not about photography, it's about photojournalism for me, and impacting a story and telling it correctly. And so anyone who gets in the, into this profession and stays in it, they really, uh, they give me strength because, uh, because it is a tough profession. And it's tough from a financial standpoint for many people, but it's also tough on family life. You travel a lot. And I think that uh, photojournalists sacrifice a lot to um, live their passion and tell stories. And, uh, and I'm inspired every day. We've seen things go in a completely different cycle from Barack Obama to Donald Trump. Do you see change on the horizon in 2020? You know, I don't think anyone was very good at predicting the last U.S. presidential election, so I'm not going to try to do that myself. Um, however, I think that voters are motivated. And so if people stayed home three years ago, uh, they're not going to stay home this time. And so whoever wins this election, I, th I think will do so uh, with a lot of people going to the polls. It will be uh, incredible to see uh, what happens next. But uh, John was also in conversation with Lars Boring, who is the director of uh, World Press Photo Foundation, about his work and to highlight the prize right here in Sharjah at Exposure as well. Incredible work that can change the world. Coming up next, we hear from the legendary National Geographic photo editor, Kathy Moran. People are lining up to see her at Exposure. She is uh, taking them uh, through their photos and giving them her critiques. 
Plus, we are going to be talking Google Images. Now, it is our go-to search engine for photos on the net. But the only reason that Google Images exists is because of this one dress. It's made a resurgence at Milan over the weekend. We have the details next, right here on Life Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 10am.